Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello, welcome everyone. I've got a really special episode for you today. Today we're going to be talking about mum rage. I've got Charlie here. I'm super excited. Um, also got my kids here with me today. So both of them are at home with me. So we might have a few disturbances. <laughs> um, we may not, but I just thought I'd let you all know. And that is just part of mum life and work life when you're meshing the two together. Um, so yeah, we're keeping it real today. And uh, there might be some loud noises in the background, and that's okay. <laughs> just got to normalize that, right? We just got to yeah. normalize the fact that, that we are mothers and we're also, you know, fulfilling our purpose in life. And sometimes yeah. they do crossover, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And letting go of the idea as well that we need these podcasts to be perfect. Mm hmm letting go of that perfectionism. I know that's been a big thing for me and yeah, keeping it real. And the reality is, like you said, sometimes it crosses over. Yeah. Sometimes the kids scream and dance and sing. I can hear them. You may not be able to hear them, <laughs> but I can't. No, I can't. I okay. Can't hear them actually, no. <laughs> I can hear them going, la, la, la. <laughs> but how beautiful so though and it reminds me of a quote actually and it's a quote that I when I first heard it I was like oh my god it's so true and I talk about it in in the work that I do and that is we are expected to work as though we don't mother a mother as though we don't work mm. and we do you know and so this is a really good example of the fact that we do we do do both if we want to you know motherhood doesn't require a further title I'm a big believer of that but if we choose for there to be because there's a purpose outside of the home or financially we need to, then the reality is we're in between both worlds and we yes. can't bypass that fact. It's the reality. It's the truth. Yeah, beautiful. And I love the idea of, you know, the kids being able to be in the workspace, quote unquote, with us and us being able to show them what it is we do do outside the mothering and the home. You know, because mm -hmm. I, it's really cute because my girls, that they understand and know what I do. You know, they're like, oh, mommy, you're working on your book today or you're creating on the computer today or what have you been up to? And or they come and they have a look and they see what I'm doing and what I'm writing and, you know, who I'm talking to. They come on and said hey to Charlie this morning. And it's actually really beautiful and really nice because it doesn't feel so detached. You know, it feels like they're really understanding as well from their little perspective of like, oh, mum does other stuff than just look after me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is really beautiful. It's really nice. It's just like, I want to work on the computer like you, mummy, when I grow up. <laughs> well, my middle son was like, mummy, you got it, Olga. 
So when I'm teaching <laughs> yoga at the minute, it's like, you've got to teach yoga. I'm like, yeah, oh. baby, I'm going to go and teach yoga. And then oh. he came in the other day when I was building something on the computer, building part of my program. And he came in and he came and grabbed my yoga mat. So it's like, I think I want to do yoga. So it's like, okay, do <laughs> So when I got his yoga, and that, that's the thing, right? I lead by example, you know, mm. we lead, lead and live by example. And I think that that's, like you said, it's a really important invitation for our children to see um, the other parts of us. I think oh, it's really yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to get to today's topic, which is mum rage. And Charlie's got a beautiful quote or definition. Is it a I'd definition? Say, yeah, I'd say it's a definition uh, more yeah. than a quote because it's pretty long. I think it sums it up perfectly. Um, okay. And this was written by Christelle Hayes. So she is the author um, of Angry Mother, Assertive Mother. This is her perspective on maternal rage, right? Mum rage. Mum rage is when motherhood makes us angry and that anger blindsides us. We expect motherhood to be a blissful experience that only brings joy, but motherhood is much more complex than that. Motherhood, whilst it can be wonderful, can also take its toll on women. We experience maternal rage when we are in a place of lack, lack of self-care, lack of time to ourselves, lack of sleep or lack of support. We experience maternal rage when we have unresolved traumas from our childhood, which motherhood can trigger. We experience maternal rage because we are raging at the shift in our identities as women. We rage at our partners whose lives may seem more unaffected by parenthood. We rage at the lack of support, burnout, and constant criticism and judgment from society. We may also feel rage when overwhelmed with the mess, perpetual laundry, and sensory overload. The noise from plastic toys, cartoons, siblings fighting, and constant demands for snacks. Mum rage <laughs> is when we become overwhelmed with anger and struggle to access the calm and the patient side we usually experience as a parent. And I remember when I first heard that or when I first read that, I was like, yeah, mm. that's kind of it. <laughs> I was like, pretty much. Because right, that's I was the never... end of the podcast. <laughs> and there we go, everybody. That's the thing, though, because I don't know about you, like I was never an angry person before becoming a mum. And I'm not mm. even now, I'm not an angry I'm not an angry mum. Like I, you know, I understand and I work very hard on the ways that I talk to my children and stuff, but I get angry at my husband. I get mm. angry at the situation. I get angry at the expectations and I get angry that some of my, you know, like it says, some of my traumas are coming forward. I get mm. angry thinking I'm the only one carrying the, you know, the mental load. And this is like, it was really new to me. And I don't know about you, like so new to me. Because anger wasn't a comfortable emotion in my body before. You know, I grew up yeah. thinking anger was a really negative, um, volatile, dangerous emotion because I grew up with trauma, a lot of domestic violence. And so when I became angry as a mother and I felt this maternal rage, I thought that there was something wrong with me. So when I read this, I was like, oh, oh. well, th <laughs> this is a thing. Like, this is a real thing. Thank God for that. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know how you, you know, what your experience of it was, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's the first time I, I've heard that. And I thought it was so beautifully well written and explained. And it's something I've been exploring a lot more. Um, I've been writing my own 
book, which we was talking about at the beginning of this, and that's how to stop losing it with your kids. So a lot of that is to do with, you know, I've focused it more on triggers, um, but I do go into my programs talking about rage and anger and my relationship has really changed with anger since becoming a mum as well because I feel probably the same as you, Charlie. I I wasn't an angry person. My relationship with anger was very suppressive. Like I would suppress my anger, suppress, I'm okay, everything's okay, suppress, 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 um, put a positive spin on everything, see the silver lining. But then I'd have these little explosive moments where I, you know, the anger needed to escape and that would be rage. You know, it's that primal rage where it's like, it just needs to get out. It Mm. needs to, and that might be, you know, once I remember when I was, it was after I had my second child, Rosie, and I was standing at the sink doing the washing up. And I already had this story around the washing up. about when I was pregnant it used to be really painful because of pregnancy trauma that I had and how my partner wasn't supporting me in that and this Mm. turned into a massive rage for me and I was so upset but I wasn't saying anything so that was me suppressing and being like no it's not a big deal it's just the washing up I should just get on with it I should just Mm. do it it's my job. Da, 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 da. And then the other part of me would be like, this is so unfair. Why am I not getting the support that I need? You know, my partner doesn't help me. And because he doesn't help me, he doesn't appreciate me, he doesn't love me, he doesn't, you know, and it turned into this massive story until one mm. day I just grabbed the plate and I threw it at the wall. And Stephen came out to the kitchen and he's like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I just lost it. And I was like, I'm so fucking sick of doing the washing up. And I'm so sick of doing this. And I'm the only one who does anything right into that rage and that victimhood Mm. and powerlessness and helplessness. And I was so angry. Yeah. And I would I have relate, those I relate moments, so much. Yeah. Those moments. And so I love that. And let's <laughs> That was my relationship that. with anger. Oh, and I, you know what? I love that. And let's normalize that. But what you said interestingly there as well, which got me thinking, that whole idea of suppressing it is because we've spent our whole lives being the good girl, being yeah. the good wife, being the good mother, being the people pleaser. And so we've been self-silencing for generations and we carry that within our own DNA right we carry that cell silencing not just our own but our mothers and their mothers and because otherwise it's like you're not a good woman or you're not a good wife or you're not a good mother um if you're not people pleasing all the time if you're not giving mm. all of yourself all of the time and so I found that so interesting because I was you know I, I completely relate in that again I would I suppress so much of my anger and frustration not just obviously in motherhood but I realized you know just with the world and just with certain things just with yeah a lot of things that happened in my past I'd suppressed it for so long because of this whole good girl mentality yeah just so ingrained in our culture you know and also and that, that that idea of what anger means you know for some people 
anger is a plenty in their childhood in a way of you know that's how people react and respond and talk to each other so you know a raised voice in a home might be something that they're used to and I know for me I saw that explosive anger that I just spoke about there I saw that in my mother she was Mm. not an angry person and she never hardly got angry or upset but when she did she lost it it was that Mm. explosive rage because she was so used to suppressing her stuff and I just carried that on and Mm. My relationship with anger was that, like you said, if you were angry, you were a bad person. Mm. And it comes back to that idea, like you say, of like, to be good people, we're not allowed to be angry. Mm. And my idea around that now has completely shifted. And what Mm. it's allowed me to do is it's allowed me to embody and embrace and see the functionality of what anger actually means Mm. because when it comes back to it and down to it as that lady so beautifully wrote in that um, definition there is our mum rage comes back to unmet needs it comes back to us not having our needs met in some way and our trauma, which, you know, our trauma is our unmet needs. And then that exploding into something primal, something that we feel out of control. So yeah, what's your experience been with mum rage? Have you got any stories that you'd like to share with us? You know what, right? There's one story, there's two stories actually, but and similar to you, I can't even remember the exact moment or the exact kind of trigger. I just remember, like, I think I was taking the rubbish out or something or I was like, I don't know, I literally had a bag of rubbish in my hand and I can't remember exactly why, but I just lost my shit. And I'm not, like I said, like I'm not a naturally angry person at all. And so at one point I literally just like threw this bag of rubbish over the floor and I started hitting myself, just going like, I'm so fucking angry about this whole situation like I just lost it the other thing I did as a moment of mum rage which you know what I look back now and I go oh my god poor baby because this is not something that I do and so one of the things I love about you and your work is obviously you 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 talk about anger and I guess the important thing is not to you don't label it as being good or bad it's a natural human emotion and it's perfectly healthy for us to feel the way that we feel and so one of the things mm. I do with my kids is I talk to them oh mommy was angry like do you feel angry sometimes you know it's okay for us to feel angry and one of the times I had to do this was when I was pregnant actually with my third son who's just turned one so it wasn't even that bloody long ago I had spent all day like I was I was doing something and either way whatever the situation was I hadn't taken care of myself that particular day I hadn't eaten and I was starving and I was trying to eat a sandwich and my middle son, he's like, mommy, I want your sandwich. Mommy, can I have your sandwich? Mommy, 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 can I have your sandwich? So what I did, I went, fine, you can have my sandwich. And I threw it at him. <laughs> and literally to this day, my poor darling is like, mommy threw a sandwich at me. Aww. And I'm like, I did. And then I had to have the conversation with him. Like, I'm so sorry that I did that. This is why I did that. This is nothing about you. This is because mummy didn't take care of herself today. 
mummy didn't mm. prioritize what mummy needed today. And, you know, and then I had to have the conversation that we all feel angry sometimes. Angry isn't a bad emotion. I could have dealt with that situation better because I needed him to know it wasn't about him. But again, going back to what you said, is it came back to the fact that my needs are not met that day and I hadn't prioritized myself on what I needed that day. And so I got overwhelmed, I got frustrated, I got resentful. And as a result, I'm throwing fucking sandwiches at a three-year-old boy, like not my finest moment as a mother, but I think we can all relate. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh, but it's just, it's quite comical when you look back, isn't it? It's like, you're so and you can feel your blood boiling in that moment. And I know so many times for me is that I can feel it, but because of all my training and all the knowledge, I then go into this, like, I've got this feeling, I've got this feeling inside my body. And then I've got this person inside my head who's like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You're being (laughs) ridiculous. It's just because of, you know, you're angry because your daughter's drawn over all over your lovely leather sofa because you didn't take the pens off her and put them up high. You left your pen out on the side that you'd write in with your journal the night before. So, you know, it's like I knew it was me, but I couldn't stop this feeling. And that is what rage is. It's that energy in motion. It's not something that we can necessarily stop. We're not going to stop feeling angry. We're not going to never be angry yeah and that's not where we're trying to go and I think this is where people kind of get a bit stuck because then they they shame themselves and they guilt themselves and they feel bad they don't address the situation so they do the thing and they get angry at the child and then that's the end of that and like you said with the throwing of the sandwich then the little child, you know, goes off and thinks there's something wrong with me because mummy threw a sandwich at me. Yeah. You know, that's their brain capacity when they're three-year-old. You know, they're all in their ego at that age. So they think anything that you do, they will make it about them. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's not or if it is, they will make it about them. And this is why the repair work is so, so, so important. And it's actually more important or as important, should I say, as the rage work. You know, we can do Mm. all the rage work. But like I said before, we're going to have moments, no matter how calm and peaceful as a parent we are, we're all going to have our moments of anger and rage and it's going to come out. We can't constantly meet our needs. We can't constantly have our needs met. And sometimes we're going to lose it (laughs) Mm. and that is our opportunity for the growth for the expansion for us to lean in and be like okay what was happening here what went wrong and how can I do better next time and how can I go and let my child know that actually that wasn't the best way for me to show up and it's not how I want to show up. And I think what you said there about you going and then speaking and having that conversation is so, so important. And it's so often missed as well. And it's such Mm. a missed opportunity. And that's where our guilt and our shame 
festers and manifests into different things, right? Because we're not doing the work after. We're still going to have the rage and the anger that we need to do work after and and use it as an opportunity Mm -hmm. for growth and healing. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the best things I ever learned was the whole concept of the good enough mother, which, you know, is based on that attachment parenting theory that we only have to be parenting our children well enough 30% of the time to raise well-rounded, grounded children. And I think, and it's based on that philosophy of we're not perfect and we are going to cause ruptures. Mm. It's about how we repair and how quickly we repair those ruptures. And, you know, for, for many adults, though, I guess the challenge then comes in that taking that self-responsibility because we don't like to admit that we've made a mistake. We don't like to admit that that wasn't my finest moment as a bloody mm. mother, especially as someone that identifies as, you know, a conscious mom or a mindful mom or a gentle parent. The fact mm. that I'm throwing sandwiches was not very gentle, but I have to take responsibility and I have to take ownership I did that and I did that because, and like you said before, a lot of the time as well, I feel we feel this rage towards ourselves and this anger towards ourselves that we haven't course corrected or like, I know I should have eaten. I'm like, why did I not? Why have I put myself in this situation Mm. again where I'm not prioritizing my needs? Why am I doing that to myself? In a way, it's a self-abandonment that we do again and again and again. And so we get angry more so at ourselves than we do our children or at the situation or at the circumstance because we have just in that moment, yet again, we have abandoned ourselves again, I think, coming back to the good girl, the need to please, the, you know, the all-sacrificing, all-pleasing mother that does everything Mm. for everybody else. And in that moment, we then don't have the capacity and we go from zero to a freaking hundred and I'm throwing sandwiches but I was angry at myself yeah and it's such a horrible cycle isn't it you know and I don't think I've ever met a mother that hasn't felt that and expressed that in some way and I think and I love like I said I've always said I love the work that you do and the the insight that you bring and I'm super excited to read your book on this as well and the ways that we can allow our children to be fully expressed in their anger and their rage and how we as parents can be kind and compassionate to ourselves when we are, you know, in our anger and in our rage, because ultimately that's the only way we're going to cultivate change, isn't it, around around this and not feel the guilt and the shame that comes with it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I always say that um, my second child, Rosie, really helped me integrate my anger because she's my little angry child and she's not afraid to express and feel and be angry. And it's so refreshing. And it's just like, I just catch myself giggling at her sometimes because I'm just like, oh yeah, go on gal, you really, and she like really gets into the frustration and she clenches her fist and she goes, and she stomps her feet and she pushes her chest out and you can see it it's so primal it's so natural it's so normal and it's just like so beautiful all at the same time and you know I'm just like Mm. when you can see that anger is not the problem it's the story that we've created around anger that is the problem we can then allow that space for us to actually feel and actually grow and and transform and look 
I know anger can be really toxic in a lot of situations and you know we've got abusive households and and war and I'm not saying that any of that is okay because it's not okay but I really feel that when it comes to this mum rage and us actually integrating our own anger and allowing our kids to become emotionally intelligent adults we really need to start reframing this story around what anger is what it means as you said before going back to the apologizing after Mm. we've actually been not dealt with our anger in a healthy way because when we're projecting our anger out onto somebody else we're not dealing with our anger in a healthy way but when we're able to hold space for our own anger we allow it to be there and we see it for what it really is you know the message that it's really bringing forward for us in that moment is such a beautiful process and it's such a different outcome as well you know when we can catch ourselves in the middle of those moments and be like okay I'm feeling really angry right now Mm. you know when you can see yourself and it you know it takes a long time of doing this work and even after doing this work you're not going to get it right every time but there have been moments for me where I've seen my anger be there and I've allowed it to be there I'm not trying to run away from anger anymore I'll just say I am feeling really angry, Mm. you know, and then I say, I can say, I'm going to take myself out of this situation and I'm going to go to the bedroom and I'm going to feel my anger until I feel calmer. And then I'm going to come back and deal with the situation that's happening, you know? Mm. And I love that. And I think that's important, isn't it? It's, and look, we're not always going to be able to do that in that moment. I guess sometimes it's like, like you say that that whole the whole definition of rage is you know when we are unable to access the usual calm and patience that we we could normally access but I think it's that as you said that invitation always to get curious about okay well what was that about why mm-hmm. am I feeling that way what was that trigger you know it's always that invitation isn't it just to keep exploring those parts of yourself without the naming the good the bad the labeling the shaming but just kind of allowing yourself to feel it and be in your body. And it's something I've got a lot better at over the years. And and not that long ago, actually, I had an incident where I felt so deeply hurt and really fucking angry about it. And I needed to have a really hard conversation with somebody about Mm. it that I would knew, I knew that it, it was not the right time for me into or engage in that conversation whilst that emotion was still flowing through my body you know Mm. like the whole concept that emotions are energy and motion like I had to let that emotion of those emotions of anger and hurt move through my body so I could then be in a better space to have that really hard conversation I had to get it out of my body first and it took me a week took me a week of really processing how I felt about that why I was so angry about that why I was so hurt about it and I had to let it like move through me before I was able to go you know what we really need to have a conversation because mm. if I was to have that conversation when I was in the thick of that don't think that I might have thrown a sandwich at them <laughs> I might have thrown something heavier at them <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I love that thank you for sharing that story with us because I feel like it's so important that 
you know, we do try and stop ourselves from parenting in that fire. And it's not always easy. But I know from personal experience and from taking a lot of other women through the experience is that the more we explore our anger and we process that old stagnant rage, whether that comes from our own experiences through childhood, through motherhood, or our mother's experiences. Like I said before, I had a lot of my mum's rage. The more we're able to hold, the larger our capacity and our space becomes. And this is really the work that I do is I help people, women, Um, I have predominantly been working with mothers, but I am moving into more of the parenthood role now instead of just mothers. But the more we open ourselves up to being able to feel our emotions, the more larger capacity we have to actually hold space for them. So they don't feel so overwhelming. So we don't feel so triggered as quickly. You know, it's almost like, as we start to process all of it, all of our old stuff, Mm. there's more space at the bottom of the jar. You know, if we've already got a jar that's full to the top, we only need one little experience for it to flow over the top. Where if our jar is only half full or a quarter way full and all of our old stuff has been processed out of our system, it takes a lot more for us to actually explode over the top. And the better we recognize in when we're in that state of being, when we're like, right, this is really overwhelming, or I'm feeling really angry, but it's only like really small at the moment. It's not turned into this full rage and Mm. and we can deal with it then. We can look at it sooner. Then we're not going to have as many as experiences of this full body, you know, projecting our stuff out onto other people. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because that analogy you've just given there was something I was given um, similar, actually. Um, mm. I, you know, I, I have a history of trauma um, as well. And so I didn't realize that when I was bringing that into my role as a mother, my baseline capacity was so much higher than everybody else's. Mm. And so like you just explained then, my capacity where I might go from zero to 100 is way higher than somebody else's you know my line is like halfway up the page or three quarters of the way at the page as opposed to someone that may not have experienced trauma that can be right down the bottom and so for me I've literally got this really short window where I can go and overflow Mm. because I'm overwhelmed overstimulated and so on and that's that analogy that you've just given about the jar was again very similar to I was told because I used to get really overwhelmed And I used to get really angry about it and angry at myself because, well, why can't I manage? Why Mm. do I feel so overwhelmed? Like I've done all this work for 15 bloody years, you know, on myself. (laughs) How is there still work to do? You know, and I know that's a whole other conversation, but it just reminded me that we all have a different capacity. We all have a different tolerance. We all have different Mm. life experiences that we bring into motherhood as well, which is also going to then impact our our capacity to handle certain things, you know, which means we rage sooner or quicker or faster or harder. Mm. Like you say, it takes time to understand that about ourselves and allow ourselves to be comfortable with those emotions so that we can then come to the table and have these conversations. And, you know, I love these conversations with you because these are things that we don't, people don't talk about, moms don't talk about. There's too much shame and guilt around Mm. the fact that we might be throwing sandwiches or bloody throwing plates against walls and stuff sometimes you know 
not advocating for it, not saying it's my <laughs> finest moment, or and I'm sure it's not your finest moment either. But it's a reality that we've all experienced. And yeah. therefore, it's a conversation that needs to be had so that the woman that is in the thick of that rage or has just got so, so fucking angry at herself or her partner or whoever doesn't feel alone and doesn't feel like she's a shit mom or a shit wife or a shit woman because she's experienced that. That's why these conversations are so important because it doesn't make you any of those things. It doesn't make you a bad mother or a good bad partner or a bad woman or a bad human. It just makes you human. Yes. It just then means, okay, so let's get curious and look at that. Mm. So talk to us, tell us a little bit about your your book and about how that is going to potentially then really help with this particular topic and conversation. Yeah, so kind of going back to something that you mentioned earlier when you you know you was explaining about the capacity different capacity and the different tolerance and um you know everyone's got their own trauma I just want to kind of touch on that there and that is and what I explain in the book is that is you know why we all get so triggered by different things you know what might be funny for one mum you know, maybe their kids acting really silly and doing funny faces and talking in funny voices might be really funny for one mum. And then for another mum, that could feel really, really annoying or disrespectful or rude or embarrassing. And it's because of our past lived experiences and how we see the world and what lens we look through um, that actually creates these triggers or these reactions to our children's behaviors. So all of the time, it's not necessarily about their behavior. It's about how we feel about their behavior. And this is something that I go into in the book. I talk a lot about why we lose it with our, sh- with our kids. Um, and I also give you my emotional freedom framework in there which is basically a framework for helping you heal your parenting triggers so anything that kind of triggers you um as a parent I've created a seven step um framework to help you actually work through that and as you know you there's the version in the book um and then as you come into my program, that's also the outline of my program as well as where we go a lot more deeper into all of that. And, you know, we start to talk, look at communication styles and how to set boundaries and, you know, what, how to reframe our thoughts and how to fe- actually feel our emotions instead of, you know, venting or shouting at our kids um, or you know, eating chocolate, copious amounts of alcohol to suppress our emotions in life. I actually teach you how to feel your emotions so that we don't end up in these situations where we're overexploding or we're creating these addictive behaviors, you know, scrolling on social media or drinking or eating too much or whatever it is, you know, those addictive behaviors that people self-sabotage themselves with. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of what the book's about and how it can help everybody so yeah I feel like now's probably a good time to start wrapping up the conversation so is there anything you'd like to add before we finish up today my darling no I think we went deep pretty bloody quick and I think it's a really important beautiful conversation I guess the only thing I'd ever say to any mum is 
it does not make you a bad mother it does not make you a bad wife or like I said a bad a bad Mm. human like these are really normal human feelings and experiences and that's why these conversations are so important that's why the work that you're doing in the world is so important and yeah I think I just want to say thank you as always for leading in light and love in this way it's so 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 important and I can't wait to get my hands on your book and have a little read a <laughs> awesome thank you for coming on and being my muse and having these conversations I really appreciate you And one thing I just want to add to your little reminder is that to let mums know that remember your anger is a message. If you can start to see that, you know, your emotions are are there for a reason and they're here to give you a message and to get curious, that's a really, really good place to start. Mm. You know, know that you're human and know that yeah, your emotions are there for a reason. They're not just there to piss you off or make you have a bad day. <laughs> or make you feel like a bad mum. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the way you've just said that. It's like this invitation, isn't it? It shines a light on, on the parts of us that we probably haven't explored. And I heard this the other day where someone was like, whenever something like that happens, she's like, oh my, oh my, how very interesting. You know, yeah. like she just has this like, Hmm, air of curiosity. Isn't that interesting? I wonder what Mm. that could possibly be about. You know, it's this invitation to shine light on a spot of um, the darkness or a spot that we haven't yet explored. So I love that. I love that you just shared that. 100%. Okay, well, namaste. Namaste. And my book should be ready by the time we air this. So just click the link in the show notes and um, yeah, go ahead and grab the book grab the ebook and start your healing journey right now (laughs) okay love it 